Welcome to the Petzinger Brothers Podcast. Kick back and enjoy the musings of James, John, David, Joseph, and Ben, five brothers raised decades ago on a dysfunctional farm in western Idaho. And hello, it is Sunday, August the 2nd, 2009. This is episode 4 of the Petzinger Brothers Podcast. I'm James. I'm John. I'm David. I'm Joseph. This is Ben. All right, gentlemen, thanks for calling in tonight. I appreciate that. Uh, we're off to a really good start. The first three podcasts are out there. People are listening to them. I'm getting good feedback from them. And again, I just wanted to thank you guys for being willing to participate like this. Um, last week, David and Joseph were not able to participate live on the podcast, but we did have your voices in some of the clips that we used. Uh, I thought we had a pretty fun discussion about the root cellar and all that was uh, attached to that particular idea. If uh, any of those listening out there have not already heard that podcast, you're definitely going to want to go back and take a listen to episode three. Uh, if you don't know what a root cellar is or what it's for, it's a great thing to learn about. Um, anyway, today I wanted to kind of start off with something that is not necessarily something I had to deal with, but I suspect you guys had to deal with a great deal, that being going through school, having the legacy of older brothers to deal with. Uh, maybe you didn't have to deal with anything because the, the brother that preceded you was a pretty decent guy and didn't get into trouble or didn't. To cause any waves, but maybe that's not the case. I don't know. I didn't have to deal with that since I was kind of the first one through the Caldwell school system. Uh, but I'd be interested in hearing what it was like for you guys, having to follow not me but each other uh, through the system. Yeah, hey, James, I, I can start. <laughs> well, it, you know, there there were expectations, um, and uh, you, you definitely plowed the road for that. Uh, as far as you know, the the, the studies and the the, um, the book smarts of school, and um, you know, I always had this you know this kind of disappointed look. In most teachers, I I could sense that it's like, oh, you're petting you're all right, and you know there was that expectation that I would somehow you know automatically just be in these high level uh, classes or, or catch on quickly. But you know. I, I was staring out the windows for 12 years. It just never, it was just never the case. Be specific when you say disappointments. Chess club. <laughs> Look, okay, hold on, hold on. That's that's not entirely fair. You can't, can't believe people wanted or expected you to be a, a part of chess club. I wasn't you, in chess club, see? You didn't even know I was in chess club. No, I had no idea. <laughs> You were, you were in chess club, John? Well, yes, I was. Were you chasing someone there, John, or was that just, uh, what were you thinking? <laughs> well, I gave it a good try. And, uh, good for I'll, you, John. You know, James, I remember you being in there um, uh, battling Cooper. And I remember you uh, just, the, the guy was the guy was kind of, you know, he was pretty hot. He was pretty bothered because you were whipping him. And Cooper was good. 
Yeah, he he had um, he had well to be specific. Once he started getting bothered, his toll, his whole game just went to pot. Um, he he uh, he would make mistakes if you could get him bothered, and so I would get him bothered. I would yeah. do things that uh, in the game that didn't make any sense, and he was a very regimented player. Um, and when he saw me doing things that didn't make any sense, it would bother him because he'd be thinking, oh, "Okay, what is this guy up to? Because this doesn't make any sense." When in reality. I was just doing nonsensical stuff on the board so that he'd get frazzled so that I could then take advantage of that. Yeah. I gave it, I gave it a try. I disappointed a lot of people. I, <laughs> the other thing was uh, Michael Jackson's moonwalk. I could not possibly keep up with you. There was an expectation. Just dancing, period. You know, the whole robot, the whole you know, moonwalking thing. Um, you know, you, expected that I show up to dance as dressed like, uh, you know, like a mafioso with, uh, <laughs> with a violin case, as, you know, my machine gun. Like you did, I just uh, couldn't keep up. Yeah. <laughs> when you talk about expectations, uh, being the youngest, I guess I followed in all of your wakes, so to speak. And, I think they uh, want things first, Ben. You better, you better, because my powder's going to stay dry. It'll blow up here in a minute. Go ahead. <laughs> well, I was the uh, third in line, and uh, I guess, I guess, James, you don't have much to feel bad about raising the expectations for me, because after John went through, I had no like. I, I don't remember any teacher. <laughs> sorry, sorry, John, but I don't think I don't think your expectation last. I mean, the impression didn't carry through, John. No. <laughs> I mean, John, John was the artist, and James, you were really smart in school, but they had no expectations for me. I don't think it was necessarily John's fault, or if they just thought, you know, oh, well, eh, another pet singer, we'll see no, how he that, does. That was me, Dave. That was that just was me? That, no, that was me. Uh. <laughs> I don't think so. I mean, I don't know. I think there was, there was some... Um, really impressed teachers with your art ability. That was pretty well known throughout the school and that you know, everyone was really impressed with your art and you know, I had nothing. No chess club, no art, no sports. I was just kinda of there. Now I do remember that uh, in my in my senior year, uh, I remember going to the art show, you know, how they have the end of year art show and seeing your work, John, I, uh, seeing your work on display and I remember thinking Wow, how in the world did he get that talent? And I can't draw freehand to save my life. He got yeah. all of it. He got five brothers worth. All of it. Yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't. I couldn't draw a map to the bathroom at three a.m. Much less anything. I. I agree. John, I have no artistic. I'll, I'll tell a story about this because John stayed up all night once painting the, and I know I'm going to embarrass John's going to hate this, but you stayed up all night painting that Einstein picture. You brought it into school the next morning to show Miss, uh, who's the art teacher? Doherty. 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 And for some reason, I was in the high school entrance where, uh, where it looks out on the parking lot. And so there's that parking lot between the art class and the gymnasium. And I don't know why I was there. It was it was uh, during class, but you you turned in your art, and the next thing I saw, she was running across the parking lot with your art to go show 
the principal. I don't know who she was going, but she was excited. I thought, oh, yeah. she must have been impressed. Yeah. And that was your art. Yeah. She's so I, could tell, I could tell you were making a definite impression on your teachers and the, probably the whole faculty. Well, and this is another thing I remember about John's art in school was as a little kid, I would sneak up to John's room and I would, I would watch him at that desk for hours on end. And you were, you were uh, experimenting, experimenting with different, um, I don't know how you, styles. And one of them was dots. That was insane to watch from a little kid's standpoint of patience and your faculty. And I do remember that as something that uh, preceded me in school. And it was very clear up front I had no ability in that area. You got it all. Yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah, Doherty, she ran it off to the principal. I think she was excited that uh, she, she might get somebody under her wing that, uh, you know, had potential for scholarships and such. And, and uh, so she was right. But, uh, yeah, that was, that was fun. Work paid off. Yeah. Well, and then you got a scholarship to Pratt, and that, that was a, a big buzz around the school. And, mm-hmm. um that was pretty exciting for our whole family. Yeah, those are those are big dollars, John. I still remember it was, uh, it was thirty thirty six thousand something like that, wasn't it? Those were big dollars then. Yeah, yeah. then. But yeah. Now, big dollar now, but those were big dollars then. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Joseph, I haven't heard much from you. What was it like? I mean, did you oh. have, did you have a legacy to live up to, or did you just pretty much brush it all off? I just brushed it all off. I, I avoided art. Um, Mr. Scott um, was taking roll on the first day of class, and he looked Wait, up and goes, another pet singer? <laughs> oh, all right, pets. <laughs> That's all he called me, pets. And then uh, I wore a shirt that had a big cow face on it, and when I was, I think, a sophomore or something, I can't remember, the seniors would walk up to me and go, that shirt! I know that shirt! That's about it. <laughs> <laughs> That's the legacy. A cow face and another pet singer. Yeah, you inherited that cow shirt from me, I think. Wow. Well, Ben, I heard you giggling in the background. Well, I, I have to talk about apparel. To, to, I mean, I'm the youngest, and I'm like the bottom of the trash chute when it comes to hand-me-downs in this family that had no money for back-to-school shopping, really. Yeah. So yeah, what Joseph just said, what he just said, struck a chord because, as much as I tried, I couldn't fit into any of you skinny butt jeans. You guys were <laughs> emaciated, and <laughs> I didn't fit into any of your clothes. So the hand-me-downs, I'd have to stitch two of those jeans together <laughs> to make them work. Um, but I, I do remember. A couple, first of all, we were a mixed. We are to this day, a mixed bag. I mean, there are not too many common threads in extracurricular interests among us, really. That's uh, true. I mean, and I think there, in that lies one of the many reasons why we love each other. We have a very good relationship, uh, and we get along, is because we've, we maintain those different interests Joseph, you and I, you were a senior, I was a sophomore. I don't ever remember 
any sustained or serious arguments or grudge matches or anything with you and I in high school, and that's what you would expect it. I, I thought that was I thought that was pretty neat that I could see my brother in high school and we got along well. Um, I, I didn't I didn't fit the mold physically, like I said, but uh, I would say this: you guys all set the expectations pretty low in sports. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, when I went out for football, I think Cooper was trying to nudge me and say, "Are you sure you want to play football? I think you need to be behind the chessboard." <laughs> Uh, I had a lot of fun in sports. I can't say I was any good, but I had fun. <laughs> but well, the other thing that came to mind, two more points. I don't, I, I don't want to take up all this time, but all five of us were uh, um, chauffeured around that county and that city by a saint of a woman, Bonita Lesson. Yeah. And that is one legacy I remember. She did have high expectations of me because how we behaved on that bus. I think, for the most part, she was a disciplinarian. And, uh, I mean, that bus route, weren't we on that bus for like an hour and a half every day? Oh, yeah, it was a horrible ride. All she had to do on Farmway was turn left instead of right, and we would be home (laughs) a whole hour early, you know? I mean, you could see our house from that intersection, and it would just be, no, please, turn left today. Please turn left today. Go the opposite direction on this route so that we're not the last ones off the bus. Please. Uh, she only did that once. <laughs> Joseph, our, you said it real quick. Uh, our nickname, all of us, was Pets. I like that. Uh, I didn't have any problem with that. Yeah, it still is. If, if yeah. you go to DSU, go to the ROTC department. There's a plaque there, and it has my name on it, Pet. But I remember the first time, not the first time, but the one time I heard it, and I wasn't too pleased about that, it was we were getting on the bus in the morning, and it was one of those uh, rare times when all of us were riding the bus together. I, For whatever reason, I was riding the bus, and I was probably in high school. Ben, you were there, and... Uh, we march onto the bus, and somebody, I don't know who it was, but somebody who was riding the bus said in loud enough voice for everybody to hear, Hey, look, it's Pets on Parade! <laughs> <laughs> Which was the name of this this, this TV show about... about uh, an animal, it was an animal shelter. Yeah, an animal shelter. Dogs and cats that were looking for homes, you know, and it was just... Oh, come on. Really? Where we all huddled up in that little that little cabin thing at the end of the driveway. They come filing out all at once. Yeah. Well, hey, uh, you know, that that, uh, that little shelter kept us, you know, free from, from snowdrift wind blasts in the wintertime. Uh, yeah. I, was, I was happy for that little shelter Dad built. I think uh, Ben and I even built a few fires in there. I'm sure we did. You always had matches. <laughs> <laughs> you always had matches, man. You always have matches. Uh, I don't doubt it. Yeah, well, if we made it to that bus stop in time to take advantage of it, but I do remember the 150-yard uh, dash to the bus. And uh, James, to, to illustrate your athletic prowess, I mean, that. <laughs> 
I mean, you took flight. Wasn't uh, your violin with you and everything? Uh, it was the worst. I, and I, I don't know why I was the last one or what uh, made me late, but I am just huffing it down that lane. And you're right, it's 150 yards down this. You can barely call it a lane. It, it was, it was a gravel, mud, just pitted lane that led to the house, and there were potholes, and I mean, it was just. It was the most uneven surface in the world, so I am definitely blaming it on the lane, but I will take personal responsibility for my lack of coordination. I made it all the way down. Violin in one hand, sack lunch oh, in the man. other, and I was there. I was at the bus. I only had two paces to go, and boom, trip, and I went flying. And I remember... The only thought in my mind was, oh, I better not break this violin. <laughs> and I don't want to ruin my lunch. And so I put both hands up in the air and just ate it. <laughs> and my violin was fine. My lunch was okay. I got back up. I was covered with dirt. And I just slowly walk of shame onto that bus. It was a walk of shame. I felt... <laughs> It happened to me, too, with oh. my viola. I was running down the lane, and I was halfway, though, when I biffed it. I mean, I just went flying. It was like greatest American hero trying to land. You uh. know? And I, I hit, skidded, the viola case bounced open, my instrument went flying out, skidding across the rock. I was like, oh, my gosh, scooped everything up. Oh, it was so embarrassing. I, I put my head pretty low in the bus that day, Joseph. I remember that. You remember that? <laughs> oh, yeah. I was horrified to see my brother spill it out there in the gravel. Because <laughs> everybody was cheering for you because you were running. <laughs> and then you hear the, it's like a stadium event where everybody gasped. <laughs> oh! And then, the, oh, my gosh. And then the laughter. Oh, the laughter. Yeah. Of course. Oh, and James, that was it with you. I remember that day. We had all gotten on the bus when you were at the canal. So you still had another 100 yards to go. Yeah. I remember watching, everybody watching quietly. <laughs> and all you could hear were your flat feet hitting the ground. <laughs> it was, you know, the was loud. It was so loud. And when you ran, your violin and your, your lunch, I think the backpack on as well, but... The buzz haircut, the, the braces <laughs> with the uh, you know your headgear, just the sound of you coming through that bus. You know you were trying so hard. We were just sitting there waiting patiently, and then when you did it, you know of course it was it was so bad but so funny. And Juanita, I, she wasn't out. She she was um she was kind of jiggling in her seat. You know she just. Like, <laughs> And you can see her kind of just moving up and down, trying to hold back the laugh. Uh, it, was a, it was a swan dive, James. It was a swan dive. <laughs> oh, I remember that. Uh, yeah, I, was so, I was so embarrassed for you. but uh, <laughs> I, You know, it takes a lot at this stage in my life to embarrass me. And I, I don't get embarrassed by anything anymore. And I think a lot of that has to do with, I mean, <laughs> how how can you not be embarrassed when your entire childhood was 
zero, absolutely zero athletic ability, no coordination. I, I had no coordination until the summer before my uh, senior year in high school. Yeah. Uh, I guess I stopped growing or something, but all of a sudden I could run without making that flop flop noise with my feet. <laughs> I could move, you know, I and, and that's, you know, you mentioned the whole dancing thing and, and all that. I got into that because all of a sudden, one day, I could make different parts of my body move in rhythm with one another without, you know, hurting myself or others. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Keep a safe radius around James. Oh, yeah. Well... <laughs> It took a long time for me to get to coordination, but uh, yeah, that, that was a that was a morning that that. Mm. And uh, what can you do? You, you you can't do anything. You can't turn around and walk back to the house. You got to get on the bus. You you you've got to get on that bus, and you have to face everybody who just saw you bite the dust, literally bite the dust. In, in, in a fashion that they have never, ever seen in their lives up to that point and probably will never see firsthand for the rest of their lives. You've got to do it. You've got to face the music. And uh, James, I had to get up and run the rest of the way. <laughs> That's <laughs> like I was there. I had to get up, pack everything back up, and run again. I'm glad there's at least one of you who can share the... the can share the feeling of that moment. Yeah. That was a hard moment. That was... But, Ben, you bring up a good point. None of us set the bar very high when it came to athletics. I remember... Uh, you guys did set the bar high, though. Uh, not really related to school, maybe, but um, Boy Scouts of America. There is no question... There's no question that... Uh, well, first of all, it's less than 2%. I hope I'm not quoting junk statistics here, but they say that less than 2% of 12-year-old boys that enroll in scouts actually uh, achieve the rank of Eagle. And it is quite an accomplishment for mom and dad uh, and, uh, you know, and our leaders. Holy yeah. cow, the leaders. For me to be the fifth Eagle pin on mom's sweater, that was a bar that you guys, each of you, set high. And I, I knew that. And so I really looked up to you guys, really looked up to you guys, because I didn't want to be the the missing eagle pin, I guess, on that one. But um, that I I followed in some pretty big footsteps in scouting there, and that was a big help for me. You know, scouting was one of those things that um, really, uh, of of all the things that could have helped a, a, a boy, scouting did the most for me as far as social um, interaction and learning things. I, I look, I look back at my scouting days, and I look back with gratitude. Nothing but gratitude for everything the leaders did for me, everything that uh, I learned along the way. Because it, I think it was an absolute um, plus to my life as a whole. I learned a lot about leadership in scouts. Not, not me personally being a leader. Not that I was a leader in scouts. Although I, you know, I, I was patrol leader or something like that every once in a while. But I learned a lot from the uh, the men who were leaders of the scout troop, and you know, I learned a lot of stuff to do and uh, a lot of stuff not to do, and and it, it's paid off. So 
you know, the, the, the payoff came later in life for me, I think. I, I completely agree with you. There are a lot of things that um, I do have done that I could probably trace right back to a scouting experience where you, you learn very clearly the definitions between what is appropriate conduct in a situation and what is not. You know, what can get you hurt and what can't. And it applies to everything in life. I, and I don't want to pontificate too much, but I, I completely agree with you, Joseph. Anytime I feel, uh, you know, if, if I'm camping out, whatever the situation, if I feel cold, this is just a good example there, just temperature-wise. If I feel cold, I always go back to Dr. Pukinger. And it would get cold up in the white clouds. And we'd all be in our tents huddled up with our sleeping bags, still freezing. And it's like frost outside, and there's Dr. Flukiger laying on his back, completely exposed, under the stars, head popped up on a, a log, just his clothes on. No bag, no pad, no nothing, just laying on the ground. John, I... I, I I can testify to that because he and Jared pulled that off on our last trip to the Sawtooths, and I was so cold that night, and I remember getting out of my tent to take a leak in the morning, and there they are laying out in their boots and their jackets, and they're just there. I, <laughs> to this day, I've never seen it done again, uh, and the, the Flukigers are they're, they're mountain men. <laughs> I was just amazed at, the, at what it took to stay warm. And, uh, yeah, you know, they shaved five pounds off of their packs. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't have to carry five extra pounds of a sleeping bag. So any time I feel chilly or whatever, I, I look back on that and, and correct myself. Like, uh, boy, you, you can do it, John. Camping, we'll talk about later. I, not not on this podcast, but I do at some point want to talk about camping and the fact that our camping experience was entirely uh, as a result of scouting, not as a result of any family tradition. Scouting at least taught us to recognize that pack horses, yes. <laughs> pack llamas, maybe kind of a boutique-style outdoorsman uh, skill with an animal. But pack goats? No. Well, no, it's just not. But I think we'll probably save that for another day. Yeah, we'll talk about that some other time. That the just just for the listeners out there, goats are a thing, and uh, we'll be talking about those goats a little bit later on. But um, no, I <clears throat> to get back to school. Um, I just I remember thinking sometimes when I'd be walking through the halls. And I was self-conscious about this, especially in my um, uh, uh, junior year. I was thinking, man, I sure hope that John does better than I have been doing socially. It was a big deal for me that that you not have the same uh, shynesses and, and, and problems that I had had. So I don't know if that if you had to go through that. I, I but I'd be interested probably hearing. thinking the same thing, James. I hope I do better than James. <laughs> In fact, all of us walked the halls thinking, I hope I did better than James socially. <laughs> uh, but that's fair. That's absolutely fair because uh, it wasn't until my senior year that I was able to come out of my shell. 
<laughs> yeah, and, and, and you did. Um, I remember you would walk the halls. You know how you take fashion magazines, you'd cut out the... Uh, oh. <laughs> you'd cut, cut out the eyes of the supermodels, and, you know, they'd be the scale. They, they would fit your inside your glasses. Yeah. <laughs> and you would, you would walk around the halls with these these eyeballs in your glasses. Um, you you cock your head a certain way. I don't know if it's so you could put the holes that you, you know, put in the eyes or, or if you were just doing that on purpose. But um, you, you, it really was funny. It was funny. It wasn't, it wasn't just goofy, but uh, you did have a crowd. Uh, James, that's creepy, man. I tell you, it was, yeah, it was creepy. fun. That's, that's creepy, brother. James, for, for me, it you know I remember first grade Lincoln Elementary, and like it was I think it was one of the first days of school, and uh, well you know I didn't go to kindergarten, so you know I was alone and scared, and my big brother's there because it was grades one through three. I'm a first year, and third. I wanted to hang out, play on recess. You said, John, you need to go find your own friends. That was that. <laughs> it was that simple that 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 sweet and short and you walked off like you didn't even know me so so that was that was the beginning to my learning uh, you you, you got to go make your own friends uh you're, you know the five brothers yeah I, I guess it applies but this is a new world um there's other guys out there you can go hang out with so um, anyway, it was a, it was hard, but it was true. Um, that was my first <laughs> dealing with you in the public school system. Yeah. Well, the the sad truth may have been that I just didn't want you to know that I didn't have any friends. <laughs> oh, whatever. <laughs> no, I, third grade wasn't a bad wasn't a bad grade for me. I, I think third grade was, was, was okay. I do remember one of my favorite activities in third grade was to dig holes in the playground. Um, you were iron deficient. No, I would dig holes in the, in the playground and then cover the holes up with sticks. <laughs> there we go again. And then what leaves. Is what is it with us? <laughs> and then, and then I'd camouflage it and just watch as people would run by and, put a foot in a hole and go flying. <laughs> you'd, make, you'd make the five o'clock news, James. <laughs> and nowadays, a kid isn't going to get away with that kind of thing. I understand that. But I don't know. Me and my friends thought that was kind of funny. John, didn't you kill, well, a, you, didn't you kill a bird? You were trapping birds on the playground. I mean, you, you had this Catching. predatory no, never, instinct. Never, no, no, no. I, I, I never killed a bird. Never. Oh. Never. Never harmed a bird, but I would spend. Uh, that was middle school. I would spend my recesses trying to trap seagulls in the back of the playground, and uh, how would how? And I would have success. I how? would uh, I would create a lasso. I would kind of I would collect strings. I even stripped down, took my belt off, um, use items of clothing to string a line, but created a lasso, and then I'd put mom's lunch in the middle of it, <laughs> choke it down, you know. <laughs> I could barely choke that much down, so I would use the lunches as bait. And wasn't Woodrow Wilson uh, Woodrow Wilson's playground in line with the county landfill? Yeah, those exactly. birds those birds would come right through there, wouldn't they? 
but it worked. I was I would I would get so excited and I would I would uh, lasso them by their feet and pull them in. Um, Wait, so they're flying around like like you've got this seagull bird kite. They would land and then they would come into the lasso trap. I would put the food inside the lasso. And, yeah. Um, and then pull it pull it tight and fast, and I'd uh, catch them by their feet. So, but once they were caught, wouldn't they try to fly away? Well, they couldn't because it would tighten around their feet, and I would have them. I would just kind of drag them in and, and carefully grab them. Uh, they will bite you. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, that was that was my recess in middle That's, school. And then you would do what? I I you know go closer to the school ground where all the kids are playing and show it off. <laughs> I had a bird. I had <laughs> so, you know, what do you got? You know, I've, I've got a seagull. <laughs> Just a few seconds of fame here and there. Um, but, hey, it worked. Well, James, you had the uh, experimental um, headgear and uh, braces going on where, well, wasn't it the case if you opened your mouth too wide, your jaw would lock open? Yeah, that, it was that. Ex- well, that was later on. The first was the headgear, you know, your your standard back of the head strap with the the wires coming out of your mouth around your cheeks, wired up to this thing on your neck. If I turned my head too far to the left or to the right, that whole thing would just explode, and bits of plastic and metal would go flying out and hit people, and it was it was horrible and it was ineffective. I'd wake up in the morning after wearing that thing at night, and it it would have fallen apart, and I'd have metal poking into my gums and cheeks. I hated that thing. So the orthodontist said, okay, we're going to try this experimental device that fits inside the mouth, and it will force the bottom jaw forward to kill this, this overbite that you've got. The problem with it was it was a piston sleeve type of device and if I opened my mouth too wide the piston would pop out of the sleeve and catch on the edge so my mouth would get stuck in the open position and there was nothing I could do about that unless I could get that piston back in the sleeve so that I could close my mouth again and that would happen when I was singing you know I'd be like "Ah, ah, 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 ah," all the time I had the same thing in my mouth did that happen to you yeah, all the time. I hated that. I, I started laughing. <laughs> yeah, oh, it was called a Herbst contraption or something like that. Yeah. Oh, oh man, crazy. Hated that thing. It worked though. It did the trick. Yeah, it was a, it pushed it was my a, jaw forward. Yeah, did the trick. No complaints there. Gentlemen, we're we're we've hit the time wall. Uh, it's been fun. I. As always, I, I really look forward to these discussions, and I just again I want to thank everybody for for giving giving the time to dial in and, and participate like this. I'm getting really good feedback from people who listen. Uh, it brings back memories of their own, and that's that's kind of what we wanted to accomplish was to create something that people could listen to and uh, sort of reminisce on their own lives and maybe relive their own youth, relive parts of their own lives through the discussions that we're having. And I hope that it's it continues to be not only 
um, entertaining, but something that can be kind of cathartic to the people who are listening. I know it's cathartic to me in, in many, many ways. Um, so again, thanks a lot. And for everyone who's listening out there, thank you. And for now, we're going to say goodbye. So see you later. Bye. Good night. Bye. Good night. Bye. Good night.